enjoy this flyover clip. Hey, flyover family. Uh, for those of you guys that follow the show the last few years, you know that uh, we love sports. It's been a sad time when sports has been used uh, divisively, yes, separating true. people. Because what's what's beautiful about sports is two things, and we both played sports. Stacy's dad was my coach in high school, you know, mm-hmm. and so we, sports- I know a lot of y'all thought I was a cheerleader. I was actually an athlete. Yep. No cheerleading mm-hmm. here. No cheerleading. Uh, I have an older- Although I cheerlead here on the show. I have an older rah, brother rah. who's on a uh, Division II national championship basketball yep. team. It's like this youngest of six. It was just all of our, our siblings. Mm-hmm. Both your both your siblings play yep. college sports. We we love sports. Uh, one thing I love about it is two reasons. One, um, when you kind of come from the background that I did, single bomb, kind of economically <laughs> struggling to say the, the least. Uh, most of us had to pay for all of our own stuff by the time we we're about in middle school, you know, on anything like that. Um Sports was a place, I don't care who your dad was or who this or how much money your family had or thing. it was equal. Yep. It's like, okay, can you do this thing or not do this thing? It's a meritocracy. It's not a, uh, no oh, nepotism. Well, hey, this, you know, and, and if you see one of those situations where like, oh, this guy's starting because his family donated money to do it, it's like nobody respects him and it no. doesn't last long. It crumbles. Anything that's that's built where it's um, not based on, on merit when it comes to athletics just doesn't doesn't hold up so it makes it a kind of a pure thing to watch we like sports for that reason and, and of all the sports like you know, like, like ufc it's like hey there's no hey he didn't pass the ball or do any of this thing you, nope. you get to mma it's 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 mono mono it's like hey you just did you show up or not we we love those kind of things i think we always have going back to the gladiators you know and 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 those kind of fighting the second thing i like about sports is it's it's unifying mm-hmm. um you know you walk into arrowhead stadium and it's third and 15 and you're in a sea of red like i don't care who's sitting next to me nope. they could i don't care their gender their race Question their is, age. are they loud enough can, can hey we are, we're all in agreement right now that we <laughs> want them to sack the other team's quarterback it's the loudest stadium in the world and everybody's on the same page and it yep. it feels good when you're in a, a room like that of, of you know 85 90,000 people and they're all in complete agreement that that they want the opponent's team uh they want the quarterback sacked and uh, we're like everything else just goes away. Everything, whatever your life yes. is outside the stadium, you leave it there. You walk in. It's like we are on the same page, no matter what. We're in agreement, and that it, that's a cool feeling. It is, you know, in a, in a world that is so political and so um, messed up in so many ways, sports brings everybody together. Yep, it has this unifying mm-hmm. vibe of like, oh, did you see that? I saw that. When did you see? You know, it, it's a great way to to coach up your kids. You know, when you mm-hmm. see a guy dive out of bounds to catch a ball and throw it back in, he never gave up. Or you know, the hustle. You're like, hey, that's mm-hmm. that's how you finish. That's what you do. And it's 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 a it's a place where you know most people are never professional athletes but a lot of what we used in business it's like to know the difference between being hurt and injured and it's like mm-hmm. hey i don't feel like doing this today i'm going to go ahead and do it it's mm-hmm. like there's so many uh life lessons because a, a, a one match or one game is like a microcosm of life there's ups and downs disappointments preparation it's true. and and it gives everybody this other principle of of Man, you know, it doesn't go well for you. You know what you do? You spend the whole offseason practicing, getting better. You mm-hmm. come back the next year better. Those are things you use for life. And so there's no I in team. All of those things. All of the, the cliches that, yep. are super true because it's a launching pad to help mm-hmm. you be more successful the rest of your entire life. We started following uh, Deion Sanders going oh, from. Man, you don't a long see, time ago. You don't see a lot of top end athletes become top end coaches. Nope. I think they tried Dan Marino for a little bit and he'd be like, hey, just throw the ball to him right What's then. What's the matter with you? Why can't you? Don't do- you get this? And they're like, well, I can't, I can't do what you were doing. <laughs> so, so when Deion Sanders, you know, was kind of famously coaching his kids through youth football and then he took on the position at Jackson State and he, and he took a, a, a historically black college 
uh, ironically, heavily funded by President President Trump was was a was a great window. Uh, there was one of his promises fulfilled. Um, all of a sudden, just become dominant with his leadership. Mm-hmm. We used to do a lot of talks in, in business about about Dion's self-talk. Mm-hmm. And while it's kind of audacious, I'm, I'm this and I never get burned deep. We used to do this whole segment in, a, in local seminars when we were trained about I never get burned deep. And they'd play a, a video behind him of him actually getting burned deep. And they'd say, well, what about this? He's like, I don't recall that. I don't even remember that. No, he, he, he never remembered block it out. anything that was negative. He only remembered the things that he did positive, which I think is a really it's great huge. life lesson. In, in, a, in a world where people kind of spiral down, you know, his self-talk was phenomenal. So that's the backdrop to us watching that in Jackson State. He did great. And then we follow these stories there. Funding cut. Things are struggling. The water in the town mm-hmm. wasn't even usable. And so I think there was probably a lot of factors. But but he gets a job to go to University of Colorado. Yeah. Kind of, I think a lot of teams wanted him. People were fighting to try to get him as a, as a coach. And he brought all of that swagger. In it. And 80, I think 80 new players to Boulder and revamped a team in one off season. Um, and I think it just the tip of the iceberg of where they were headed. So I was like, this is interesting. What can one guy do mm-hmm. to change a program that hasn't been a winner since we were in high school? And that's been a minute. We've been married 30 years. So it's been a while since the University of Colorado was actually relevant. And now they're selling out at their the games. Stadiums packed. Stadiums yep. You know, really before, you know, it even got started mm-hmm. because of the confidence that he that he brought. They had their first game this weekend. I'm sure by now a lot of you have seen the results of it. Last year's national champion runner-up, TCU, heavily funded school, great program. Yep. Uh, they went to Dallas. Colorado had their first game and knocked off an incredible team. I don't know what the, the last time the University of Colorado knocked off a ranked opponent. Been a while. Mm-hmm. Eric Bieniemy, former Kansas City Chiefs coach, he was a player at Colorado the last time I remember them Jeez. being relevant. And so um, it was. It was just a. It was a kind of a cool yeah. moment. It was a feel good thing in sports. We couldn't wait to see the press conference we fired were, up. We were working, doing a bunch of stuff, cleaning out a storage unit, doing stuff. We're kind of tracking it, and I'm like, hey, when we get home, you know, I wanted to see the highlights. I watched the 15 minute shortened abbreviated version breakdown and see these guys play. But we're watching Dion's press conference, and uh, I, I, I want to point out something because this is a moment that should have been such a feel good moment, and for the most part, it is. But in the backdrop of sports being something that is a launching pad to something else, that it being a unifying mm-hmm. factor, I think it was a big whiff on on his part. I want to play his uh, just a, a cut of this because there's some places he went that I don't think were, were, were necessary and don't don't necessarily serve his players, serve mm-hmm. his college, or really serve America. Yeah. Well, moving forward, let's play this cut. We do things that have never been done, and that makes people uncomfortable. When you see a, a confident black man sitting up here talking his talk, walking his walk, coaching 75% of African-Americans in the locker room, that's kind of threatening. Oh, they don't like that. But guess what? We're going to consistently do what we do because I'm here and ain't going nowhere. And I'm about to get comfortable in a minute. Man, that's such an interesting quote. Because out of the blue, what, what he was doing before that, he was kind of calling out members of the media for not not believing. Mm-hmm. And that's an interesting thing because I don't really know that it's the media's job to be a believer in a team. Uh, he was specifically calling out a, a Sports Illustrated reporter. Or a, I actually didn't want to answer any of his questions because he didn't believe it. Yeah, I got him, Ed Warder, who's really mm-hmm. an NFL re- TV analyst. It's been around for a long time. I don't know why he was at the college game because it's such a big story because Dion mm-hmm. brings so much attention to it. But I, I think it would be odd if you had 
a TV reporter go to a game all swagged out for one mm-hmm. of the teams? I mean, it kind of lose some of the credibility. I don't know. It's their job to believe. It's their job to report, speculate, draw interest, make sure more people are mm-hmm. talking about what it is that you're doing so that you can afford, they can afford to pay you, you know, to keep doing what you're doing. It's the, you know, the media and the, it's their job to do what they do. I don't know. It's their job to believe uh, necessarily, but it's, it's, it's good bravado. This is kind of an antagonist, you know, mm-hmm. uh, relationship between the media and, and it's entertaining. And the ter- no doubt about definitely it. Definitely entertaining. Can you break down the quote? Let's, let's look at their quote real well, fast of what he said. I just wanted to get it exactly right, but he's going along fine. But all of a sudden he, he talks about basically you don't, you don't, you don't like our, swag how confident that mm-hmm. i am and, and immediately i'm like no that's actually not true i think everybody likes this yeah I, I like you know that he instantly made their their clothes cool mm-hmm. you know um i think they're they're one of the top selling you know uh brands of all universities you know right now um that vibe i, I think everybody liked that we've we've used his quotes in business mm-hmm. training for years you like that mm-hmm. now it, the thing I like about football, and I don't even like all the, the anti-taunting rules and stuff, because if you don't like what a guy's saying, then stop him. If right. you don't like him dancing in the end zone, then then stop him. You know, uh, I hope they keep scoring more until you get better and stop somebody from scoring if you don't like, you know, what mm-hmm. they're doing. So at the professional level, especially. But he shifts this and makes this racial, racial which mm-hmm. I don't know that we need more of that. And I don't know that the players in the locker room need more of that. I but think they are actually benefiting from that. Like they just had a big win. How how about framing this in a way that says these guys worked their butt off. They're doing incredible. Mm-hmm. These are these are these are great young men that are going to become great husbands. They're going to be great businessmen. Mm-hmm. They're going to be great. Like let's projecting where they're going versus wow, the world is against me mm-hmm. because I'm a confident black man. I don't know that anybody had that uh, thought watching this. Mm-hmm. Like oh, these are confident black men. I hope they lose. I don't know. Think that any. Well, Anybody had that thought? It was injected into the conversation well, by Dion, and, I, and I, want, I don't get it. I want to give just a few stats because you know I was like looking it up. Like, okay, is this not common to have an African American coach? Well, there's 14 black coaches at 133 of the largest schools in National Colleg- uh, Collegiate Athletic Association in the FBS. So that's about 10.5 percent of overall coaches are. African-Americans. Well, I thought, okay, what's the population in America? 12.1% of the total U.S. population are African-Americans. So that's pretty close statistically, you know, to what the U.S. average is. And that was usnews.com that gave that. But I also was like curious how many of the football players are African-American. Well, I found out 55.7% of men's football in the Power Five are black, but 70% of the starters during the 2021 FBS bowl season were African-American. 84% of signees in the SEC were black. So to have a a team that's 75% African-American, that's not unusual when it comes to American football. It definitely is not something they're trying to overcome. No. It definitely is not a a sign of of weakness. We're doing some unique thing of, you know, I have a locker room with 80% you know, young black men, and that needs to be considered something they're over. I don't know the point Mm -hmm. of injecting that in there. It really wouldn't, it might be more interesting if it was 80% Hispanic, 80% Asian, you know, if if they were 80% white, Mm -hmm. it would be a more interesting story. Be like, wow, that 
is breaking the norm. That's an outlier. Mm -hmm. So it, it seems to be going a long way around the barn to be able to pull an additional me versus you. I get it when it's uh, him versus the media. Maybe he has a history with some of those people and he didn't like something that they wrote. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Maybe, you know, there's a history of that. And, and a lot of coaches are antagonistic with the media. A lot of the media are taking shots, you know, at the, mm -hmm. at the one uh, thing you do see in sports today is the vast majority of them are former athletes, not necessarily journalists. Mm -hmm. And so they're probably used to their buddies talking right. good about them and, and, and high-fiving. And if you have a journalist that's like, well, you know, this is probably how it's going to go. And they're predicting, you know, wins and losses. Uh, maybe they don't like it when it's not just former players that they have a history with. I don't know that that's an interesting move that's happened, mm -hmm. uh, in, in media where there's a lot fewer journalists mm -hmm. in every phase of, of media, um, and it's more, more formal players. But he says, says, uh, when you see a confident black man sitting up here, walking his walk and talking his talk, coaching 75% African-Americans in the locker room, that's kind of threatening. Hmm. Oh, they don't like that. I don't know who the they is. If he's talking to they as the media, if he means they as American a, people, a, American as a whole. But I, 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 I just think this is an opportunity where he could say, "Hey, the majority of people are watching this and they're celebrating mm -hmm. what happened. They just saw a, a a team, a university that had not been relevant in most mm -hmm. people's current memory, knock off a team." that last year played for the national championship. Yeah. They should have had a leg up on recruiting. They should have had every advantage. They had all the systems in place, all the coaches in place. And you come in and you revamp a program in one off season and knock them off. That is a feel good story for the young men in the locker room to be feeling like, wow, look what we mm -hmm. did, not look what we did. And how many people out there don't like us because we're black? Mm -hmm. How many people were cheering against us because like we're black? I don't know what the ratio of players for TCU were, but probably pretty similar, mm -hmm. probably pretty similar. And so uh, I think it's negating one of the natural benefits of sports in the first place. A unifying. Thing, unifying. Mm -hmm. Everybody's got to come together. The fact of all the different body types and shapes, you know, uh, you know, I've said this many times about like a Tom Brady or a Patrick Mahomes, like most of the team, they, they wouldn't win without those guys, but they wouldn't win with 11 of them either. Right. They probably wouldn't win with two or three of them. They wouldn't want a, a Patrick Mahomes on the offensive line. You wouldn't want a Tom Brady on the offensive line. Uh, it, it's, it's a fact there's a place for everybody. It's such a team mm -hmm. sport, football specifically. So um, that was just a real missed opportunity. It's missed opportunity because mm -hmm. it, again, it, it creates a seed of, of, of a divide that I don't think is the battle right now. I think if mm -hmm. he wants to create a battle, you say, hey, how many, what's the percentage of those young men in there that are preparing to be great husbands and fathers? Yep. How many are going to be uh, part-time working into our uh, medical school when they're done or graduating? What's their graduation rate? What's mm -hmm. going to, how many are going to be, you know, walking into professions? How many are maybe increasing the number of players that are going to be coaching and in leadership positions, maybe, mm -hmm. uh, you know, those kind of things. But I think that we're past this place of, of you know, movies like Glory Road that came out, you know, when, when it came out, I don't know, it's been 10, 15 years ago, but a, but a story about uh, the first ever NCAA mm -hmm. basketball team that all five starters were African-American uh, to compete in a national championship game, and they won. Amazing story. Our whole family went mm -hmm. the day that it came out, and we bought the DVD. Um, it's, it's an incredible story. 
no longer relevant. It's not a thing in 2023 of like, hey, look what someone's overcome. We've come so far as a country. We're sort of a lot of that is in the rearview mirror. Do we have problems and issues now? Absolutely. But it's not cheering against a football team based on the ethnic mm-hmm. race of the, the players or, or the, the players. coach or mm-hmm. the players or any of these things. We are a nation that is much more unified than divided, but we have a media apparatus and a narrative that says, yeah. Hey, it is, it is more present now than it was then. And I don't think that's the case. What do you guys think? Comment down below and let us know Mm -hmm. your thoughts. Are we off track here and whacked or not? I'm still going to keep following him because I think Dion's amazing. I think what he's doing at the University of Colorado is amazing. Mm -hmm. And I hope that this narrative changes because it has the opportunity to be a really good thing. And uh, we don't need any extra, uh, you know, flies in the soup. The misinformation poses a threat to our nation's health. Climate change is an emergency. Democratic socialism. Codified. Women's right to choose. Hell yes, we're going to take your AR-15. for the prophetic report at 1111 central you can find it on rumble you can find it on the flyover app we have such an incredible time of hearing from all of these different prophetic voices like robin bullock julie green barry wunch amanda grace and hank kuneman every week it's either five or six different prophets that are speaking and what's interesting is god is speaking through them and all of these voices come together like puzzle pieces it is so exciting to hear what the lord is saying We're hearing from medical. We're hearing from military intelligence. We're hearing from the financial world. We're hearing from mainstream media. But the most important is, what is God saying? He has not fallen off the throne. He's not nervous. He's not chewing his nails. He is in control. He has plans to prosper us and not to harm us. What a great time to be alive. And I'm so excited for you to join me every Wednesday at 1111. Have you ever wondered about ancient civilizations or the moon landing, chemtrails, the Nephilim, demons? Those are all things that fascinate me. Decided to use our platform of the Flyover Conservative podcast and create a new show called Conspiracy Conversations. Every Saturday morning, we get together with some of the brightest minds in the world that have spent thousands of hours on a topic, churning through the research, looking at things they've traveled, they've been to the locations, they're looking for the truth because they're as curious as you and I are about what's true. What is really true about our past, where we came from, where we are, and where we're going? We don't bring on guests to iron out their wrinkles and find out the things that we disagree on. No more than I go to the grocery store and and, and try to put everything in the whole store in my cart. I just try to walk out with better ideas than I had when I walked in. If you got something inside you that's like, what about that? 
I don't even know if I agree, but I would like to hear them out. If you have an open mind and a curious heart, we've got a show for you every Saturday morning at 8 o'clock, conspiracyconversations.com. For more great content, go to flyoverconservatives.com.